Hello, hello, welcome to the Godman Podcast. This is episode two, Origins Part Two. I am your host, Mike. And yo, this your boy Rock. And today we will be getting into Origins of Rodney. Oh man, oh man. So without further ado, let's get to it. Rodney, tell us about the beginning. Dang, the beginning, the beginning. Hmm. At the beginning, um, dang, I, how far you want to go back? I, I, I can't think. Just, just give um, us your history, man. Everything from you know when you were little up until this point. What got you into God? You know, like how you were grow, how were you raised? All of that. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I know where to start now. Okay. Well, um, definitely the I'm the oldest of six. Um. Both parents are happily married. Um, they were definitely fruitful and multiply. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of us. Um, born and raised, including Ohio. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm just like a real, like, easygoing person. So it's like I love making people laugh. I love um, being an entertainer. I just love, like, creating a cool environment. Like, I've always been like that chill dude. Uh, no, Even at the age of three, like, I was always that I was always that little cousin, like, if they played music, I would always, like, dance, and, um, you know, um, being for the grade, I got a certificate for being a class clown, um, for my middle school graduation, I got two certificates for, um, best hair and most talented, so definitely at a young age, um, I definitely knew God gave me the gift of, um, just performing, like, that's, like, my greatest thing that I have, um, now growing up, um, just from like a spiritual standpoint, um, I come from that family where like we came in like on like three times throughout <laughs> the year. That's Easter, Christmas, and Mother's Day. That's pretty much like that in a nutshell. Um, one of my earliest memories, um, I, I remember church very frequently. Like, I remember my step grandfather, I remember he was a Jehovah Witness. Um, like I said, I remember he oh, would try Jesus. to. It, yep exactly i remember like i remember i was like mike i was like 11 or 12 or something like that i remember he would try to <laughs> wait mike it was your reaction that made it funny you was like oh my goodness <laughs> um but yeah i just remember like i said i've been in church like in and out so it's like him trying to introduced me to like the whole Joe Witness thing I felt like it was different like it was quiet in there I, in my mind I'm thinking like ain't supposed to be like jumping around and screaming like ain't like some music or some up tempo stuff but then I was like oh so this must be church then okay but then um like I said I got older that, that was like one of my other memories and then one of my fewest memories and like even this hits me to this day I remember when um sometimes the moments when my mom would take us to church um to um, wow, I forgot the church name. I was gonna try to shout them out, but I don't remember it. But I remember like us, and it was like a mega church too, so it was nice and everything. So it's like one of the mega churches that smack dab in the middle of the hood, but don't make no sense. So it was them type of churches, and I remember my there was in worship, and I remember my mom was just like crying. So at that age, like when you like eleven or twelve, you don't fully understand that. So I used to look at my mom like, man, girl, why are you crying? Man, even even take all that. But then um, that's one of my earliest memories, and, like, that kind of hit me to this day. Um, fast forward a couple of years, um, I'm trying to progress into how me and Mike 
kind of came up. So senior year in high school, um, you know, that's when, you know, people start going different ways, going to colleges and everything. Um, so mind you, I'm in Cleveland. So, you no, know, I got a few offers, um, you know, one at um, a community college that's in the area, um, one to like a university that's kind of in Ohio, but like a few, few miles away. Then also, I also applied to Georgia, to Georgia State and also to Clark Atlanta. So mind you, I'm the oldest of six. So like, you which, know, financially. Which, which Cleveland, uh, I mean, which Ohio college is that? Just to clarify everybody that is not Ohio State. First of all, if you live in Ohio, you don't want to go to an Ohio school. You want to get out the way, at least for me personally. So, you know, I did not pick Ohio State. No, you can tag that, share it, poke it, like it, whatever y'all want to do. You can put that in big old, old screen. Roddy did not go to Ohio State. That's cool. I will sleep like a baby tonight. No, I'm glad, I'm glad for that. I'm a Michigan State guy. You know that. Uh, I'm happy you didn't go to Ohio State. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's um, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know you applied to CAU. I did, yeah, because honestly, it was um, – that was like one of the first schools that I liked because, which you probably didn't know, Mike, was like the previous year of senior year, um, I visited, like say, you know, Felician Cash. You know, that's my, uh, my uncle. They stayed actually in Georgia, actually. So, you know, when you're young in high school, you know, you go on these college trips and then so – my auntie, you know, she's like my biggest, um, you know, my biggest supporter, definitely like an older sister to me. Um, she really wanted me to gain that, that college life and that experience. So she booked me college tours for Georgia State, Clark Atlanta, and Morehouse. So out of all those three that kind of piqued my interest the most, it was definitely Clark Atlanta just because of the culture. And, um, you know, like just said, just seeing how much growth I can really take place being in there. So, um, yeah, so I did like a year of um, community college at Tri-C. Then that's when I got an acceptance letter to Clark Atlanta. So I'm going to Clark Atlanta at this point. So my bag's packed. My granddad dropped me down to Georgia. I'm excited. I'm happy. Like, I'm starting a whole new journey in life. It was dope. And then, like I said, I come to Clark Atlanta and try to fill out some information, and, you know, financially. For that, that don't know, you know, Clark is a um, it's a private school, so you know that them bills add up. <laughs> the way how my financial status was set up, I really could not afford to do that. Yeah, so, you need some um, scholarships to be at them HBCUs. Yeah, yeah. I tried with the Morehouse. I know. Yeah, so don't get me wrong. Like you know, the whole HBCUs, it was great. But like I said, at the end of the day, I'm like, I just need to be in some type of school. You know, not knowing what to do. So then that's when, no, Clark Atlanta didn't work out. So that's when I applied for Georgia State, um, you know, doing a few grants and everything. So I was able to apply for my first um, year, which was dope and amazing. So um, on campus, that's when they started just giving out, you know, like different part-time jobs for people who, you know, want to stack income, try to make their way through um, college. And so one of the stands, um, it was for a main event entertainment. So I did my application, um, signed it in, filled it out, gave it to the person I was interviewing for. I got the job. And guys, guess what? That's actually where me and Michael met. We actually met. Granted, wait, wait, Michael, was you at Georgia State by the same time I was at Georgia State? I was at Georgia State at the same time. We both we both got hired on from that same stand. Mm-hmm. The same old stand. Yep. That same. Yep. I remember the lady too. That why that that uh, that mm. that uh, that white lady. I forget her name. You hey, know the, the one. The, the, the one that was using for recruiting. The one that was from like Texas or whatever. 
Oh, wait. I think you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. She was cute, I think. I think. Get back on track. Okay, Edison, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. This was a different type of show. Hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, yeah, so we, we both got hired. Um, and mind you, like, me and Michael wasn't, like, friends until then. Like, you know, like I said, I seen him, he seen me, you know, like, we're in two different apartments. Like, so he was the cook at the place. Like, one of the best cooks ever there, hands down. And for me, I was what we quote unquote called team service, AKA bus boy, AKA something I can't say that Mike called me. <laughs> wow. We was on the shift. <laughs> I can't say it. This was before the holy days. You bring up all <laughs> old stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, all things have passed away. Yes, yes, in Jesus name. Um, yeah, and so that's when, so that's when me and him like met. And like I said, like, you know, Mike told the origin story. So y'all was here for the latest episode. If y'all haven't listened to the previous episode so you can really get the full details on how me and Mike met. But just to fast forward, no, we definitely started growing close just as um, individuals and brothers. And um, it was kind of through music how we kind of like meshed well because I think he found out that I, I could sing and whatnot. So then, um, so, you know, I, I did a little tune for him and whatnot. And then like he, he gave me my props and he says like, yeah, bro, you're really saying, yeah, you dope, cool, cool. So then we just meshed well after that. Um, then, like I said, we gone through adventures, you know, like us, um, you know, guys, guys, we didn't get, <laughs> we didn't get off of work until like two in the morning. So the first thing we did was to either go to Waffle House or the Steak and Shake to get something to eat. Like, then, sir, sir, you're being kind with two in the morning. Remember, I used to jump in the dish pit afterwards. So I wasn't leaving till three. Oh, yeah, it was three. You're right. And there was three, that yeah. one time with Jack-Jack when we had no dishwasher because I think that was like the day Richard walked out or something. Mm -hmm. or one of the dishwashers walked out. And right. we just let dishes stack up at the end of the night because we didn't have enough line cooks for me to just jump over there. And me and Jack left out at like 7 in the morning. Oh, man. I remember those days. Because yeah. it was after a Saturday. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, and so... After that, that's when like how me and Mike has grown, and then um, definitely now we're getting more into like the spiritual stuff. So mind you guys, um, like I said before, I wasn't um, like I said, I went to church sporadically. So it's like it's not like I didn't believe in Jesus or I didn't believe in God. It's just like it was never really ingrained or taught to me. So being around Mike, that was the first time like. Be like being around someone who played like gospel music, and like I said, um, he's definitely brought me to his church a couple times. And little known fact that the very first Bible I ever like owned or received, I still have it to this day. It comes from the, his um, the church that he let me visit with him. Um, I still got that to this day. Um, so like, like, yeah, like I think that's where the seed was planted a little bit, and then like fast forward a little bit, and guys, like this, this is where the true testimony comes in, like, or like. This is kind of God will use anything to push you closer to him. And like this is when it starts getting crazy. So I started dating somebody and I'm not going to mention no names. No, on this podcast, we respect everybody. We're always going to give them the utmost um, respect and um, secrecy, of course. So I started dating somebody. Now, mind you, this was unequally yoked before I even knew what unequally yoked was. Um, Let's just say throughout this relationship, it was very promiscuous. And um, 
yeah, let's just say I was, um, I was, what's what I want to use? Um, I was bumping uglies. I'm going to tell you, we, we was bumping uglies. Tell the truth, that lot. relationship was based around sex. It's all right, homie. Give it to That's him. Right. Give, was, give it to him right. straight up. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I mean, yeah, on this podcast, we can keep it real. Man, I was doing the nasty, bumping uglies, man. We was doing 12 play before 12 play became 24. And then what else, man? Um, you know, Karma, Karma Sutra, doing everything. And, guys, mind you this. This was my first time, too. So when it's your first time, you go above and beyond. Mom, if you listen to this, just know that I'm sorry. And just know that I love you. I love you. No, just you know, think of me as that little Christian boy. But, yeah, like, it was a lot for that. And it's like when it's your first with everything, you think you're making the right choices, but you're kind of not, especially when you're not have an anchor. I'll say that. And the anchor is, um, is Jesus. So that's when things are getting like a little left for me. Like even me and Michael's relationship started to deteriorate because of just how the process or just the just how the relationship affected everybody around me. I would say say that. And then it got to the point where it's like, me and her started becoming like that young serious. You know, like when you're young, you think like once you're with somebody, oh, this is gonna be my ride or die. This is gonna be the Beyonce to my Jay-Z. This is gonna be like loving basketball. This is gonna be like, um, this is gonna be like just it. But then it's like, that's you're just in that young phase and like, Hey, just like what DeMarco said, you're just young, dumb, and full of cum. That's pretty much what it is. And I thought I was making the right decisions. I don't. And it was getting to the point, guys, where it's like, also, going back to the whole Georgia State thing, like, financially, I could not make my way towards school just because tuition is so high. And number one, well, number two, I'm out of state. And number three, I'm working at a job that only pay me like $8 an hour. So I'm really not making ends meet for real. And then so that's when my aunt, the one who I stayed with, um, it was getting close to that time where she says, hey, Rodney, you know, you're, you're not in school. Um, things are not progressing as we would like to. So I think it would best if you move back to Cleveland, finish school, get your degree, then maybe if things are right, then you would come back. But then for me, I'm not trying to hear that. Like I have a girlfriend, I have friends and family and a career I'm trying to make it as this big actor like no I can't no so and my girlfriend at the time she got her own place so she said hey so if you want to go half on these bills or if you want to go on third on these bills um you can come in moving no problem if it's that serious and for me I did and guys as quick as it was for me moving in it was a quick <laughs> of me moving out like we literally lived together for like a month and then she hit me with that yeah, this ain't gonna work out, man. I, I, need, I need some space. So that didn't work out. Um, we was together for a year, lived together for a month, and it just it didn't work out. So after that moment, guys, that's when I. Okay, guys, the thing about me is like, all this was gonna sound bad, but I can make anything funny. That's one of the things I love doing. So I remember me packing all my things. And mind you guys, I didn't drive at the time, so I ain't got no transportation, so you can only call Uber, you know, Uber everywhere. So I remember I hit up the driver, and he says, I'm outside. Now, mind you, it's like a gated community apartment, so I'm getting all my clothes, I got my baskets and everything, and then I will never forget this, Mike, I don't think I even told you this story. Mm -hmm. So I pull up with all my things to the um, driver, and then the, the driver was was like, 
was um was like, dang, bro, what happened, man? I was like, I was like, me, my, my girl broke up. I kid you not, guys. This is what was his his response. He he, he says, damn, so she kicked you out? <laughs> I was like, this is like he's like literally laughing his tail off at the pain I'm feeling right now. <laughs> it's like I'm over here carrying bags and totes of clothes to my aunt's house. <laughs> like. That was his his response, and the, the the he saw like the look in my face. He said, "I hey man, bro, little bro, man, man, just know it's gonna be it's gonna get better, man. It's gonna get better." So, my aunt pays for my plane ticket to go back to Cleveland. Um, I come back, it is snowing in April. Where do they do that at? So, <laughs> I'm so used to being in Atlanta where it's like great weather. It's only get it's only cold maybe two and a half to three months out the year. So I'm coming back to Cleveland, and it's just like snow, 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 snow. Um, and so I'm coming back, and it's like, for me, it was like a huge reset. Like, I literally have to start all over. Mind you, I didn't have a job because it's hard to find a job in Cleveland because they're just always so booked. Number two, I didn't have no money to pay for my phone, so my phone was literally like off maybe like a month after me living there. Um. And my house, they didn't have Wi-Fi at the time. So there's like a library right down the street. So I literally have to walk a couple blocks down to the library to fill out applications, to do interviews, to get denied. And I do the same process all over again. Mind you, you only get a little limited amount of time on the, um, on the computer. They give you like two hours. So, you know, that was definitely a process. Then eventually, you know, I struck in gold, um, started, um, I got this, you know, got, got a job, worked at the Brown Stadium. Oh, I'm sorry, First Energy Stadium now. Um, I worked there, worked at a nursing home. And then around this time, that's when I felt like a tug on my heart, like something, like I don't know what it was. Well, now I know it's the Holy Spirit telling me, but something said, go to church. And for me, I'm like, church? I'm like, I ain't, I ain't trying to hear all that. But then, like, I just... I answered the call. I said, okay, let me go to see where I can find. So I went to the church, um, how I mentioned before, where I saw my mom like break down in tears when I was younger. I went there. It was cool, but it's something about mega churches. Me, for me personally, I can't rock with. Like, I need that intimate, like, intimate type of setting. You and me both. So, yeah, so was like, I, I need that intimate setting where it's just like, it feels like a home church, where it's like, it doesn't feel like it's a show or, or a gimmick or anything like that. Not saying all mega churches do that. I'm not trying to say that. But I, for my spirit, how I'm better to receive stuff is better in that setting. So one of my great friends um, I went to high school with, um, E, ooh, hold up. Okay. So he told me about his church where he goes to. So I went and along he had this um best friend um and she started like this nonprofit organization called Respect My Rise. So I really went to the church just to to get on with her. I'll be honest with y'all. Like I mentioned before, God knows what and who to use to bring you closer to him. So um he really used her to really draw me closer to him. So I started going to church more. Um and I joined the church, but I didn't join the church for the right reasons, guys. I'll be honest with you. So the church um, where it was my, it's my home church, which I love dearly, is New Direction Church of God in Christ. Uh, Pastor Rufus Roeb, thank you so much. I love you. So I joined the church. It was one day, guys, I wanted to impress this girl so much. Like, you know, she said she wants to be, be with a man of God. 
So this is when the pastors come from an altar call. Like, if you want to give your life to Christ, you want to join the church, the doors are now open. Guys, I used the opportunity in my mind. I thought, I'm going to join this church. And this girl going to try to get on with me. So I went in, I joined the church, and it didn't, like, I joined the church. That was good, but it was for the wrong reason. So eventually she left the church, like, weeks later. Now I'm just stuck <laughs> at this church. I was like, oh, well, I'm here now. And so now it's like I'm serving now. So, like, now I'm starting to take my walk seriously and, like, really learning what Jesus did and what it means to be a believer and try to walk that walk and then little by little things started getting better for where like now I'm starting to make um, friends at my community college and second my income I started moving to my apartment and now I'm gaining um, I'm gaining more um, what's what I'm looking for gaining more experience in the acting realm for where um, like I said me being in film school and me starting my own YouTube channel of acting, Elena Ronnie TV. And just like, I'm starting to realize who I am and purpose. And that's the best thing that I can say God has given me. Like God has given me identity, which is something that I knew why I fell short in my relationship in Atlanta, where I felt like I kept on getting disappointed, where I felt like I'm not going the right direction because I didn't have no purpose. I didn't have no direction. I didn't know where exactly where I'm, I'm going. I'm like, a paper bag in the wind in the street. I'm just going wherever. But now it's like the more I read my Bible, the more I watch sermons, the more I started fellowshipping with other people, I started to grow as a person. And guys, just as like a little thing throughout this whole time, me and Jamaco really didn't rock for real. Like it was like a while where we didn't speak um, just because we started going separate directions. You know, Jamaco said what he was going through about his time in Texas. So we just went like separate ways and when I moved back to Cleveland, it was one day, it hit my spirit. Then I just talked to Mike. Um, I think I had like a whole different number at that time too. Cause guys, like I said, I didn't have um, a, a phone at that time. So I got a new number, but his number was still saved. So I hit him up, we chatted, we talked. He says, yeah, man, I'm in Texas, man. So we just um, talking and everything. Then he mentioned, um, yeah, you know, so we do Bible study calls on Tuesdays. I really want you to be on for real. You know, he's proud of my walk and how I'm doing. And, um, yeah, so I got on, and that's when I started to get to know, you know, like Pastor David and Keisha and Auntie Yo-Yo and, you know, of course, James from Main Event. Like, being on that call, it was really transformational. It was really something that I didn't know I needed. But, like, even now how we've grown since then, like, even what was spoken over me, like, Mikey, you know what um, Pastor David told me. So just knowing that... Mm -hmm. You know about you know what what, what David said. Hmm. You really gonna make me say this right now? On Wait, the, no. On like when? Just like tell me earlier, when. Did, did, this year? Earlier this year. The same like thing. The, the thing I the thing I prophesied about, and then he came behind and said. And the thing what I've known ever since I moved back that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I was about to say because yeah, you you talking about like oh the thing David said and I'm like bro we've been on this line together for since 2017 so <laughs> right like like David said a lot now <laughs> he said a lot to both I don't even remember everything he said to me man yeah so um yeah so being around them has definitely helped me grow spiritually and then that's when um the deeper I'm going into Christ. The 
I started realizing like I have to change. That's when I realized I have addictions that I knew Jesus had to break. Cause one thing I'm kind of big on is like when God elevates me, I still don't want to be struggling with my vices. Um, like sometimes I do have a problem with um, drinking sometimes. I do have a problem with lust sometimes. I do have self-control issues. And I really want those things to be handled and managed. And that's one thing I had to learn. Like something never really goes away. Like, no, one thing people in church, they say, oh, just just, just pray over it. Then it, it, Jesus will take it away. But it's like that thing, that monster is still there. And it's like, it never truly goes away. You just know how to manage it and have self-control. So at least when I get to the point where like now it's like I'm learning self-control and like with my vices, now I'm in a position where it's like, I'm no longer that person who's just now getting into the church. Now I'm getting my years in and people are looking to me for inspiration now. So now it's like, oh wow, am, am I that guy now where people who is looking? Cause like Mike, you know how we always talk about, you know, like people are always looking at you as a believer, you're always, being looked at so around this moment that's when i'm being careful on how i say things how i move and how i operate and then um after i'm gaining more clarity in my purpose that's when covid happened and the church my home church i was at um you know they they shut down and well i don't say shut down but you know they took on a brief pause because you know what as an older church they it was hard for them to maneuver through the through times from a technical standpoint you know like, like i said um it was really difficult and hard but for me you know i'm a young man in christ so it's like i want to be used i want to grow i want to flourish and it was kind of impossible for them to maneuver that so that's when one of my roommate um his church they was having like like a media team that they weren't they were building because you know due to covid you know mike like now like technology was the thing you needed in order to get that message across um and spread the gospel so i joined the media team and um i joined the media team that was a great experience um i was under the reverend i was under the leadership of um reverend micah um micah t sims shout out to him for giving me that opportunity and um yeah i was just under the wing of um one of my mentors and he just like showing me like how to like how how to stream where we do it on Facebook, um, YouTube, and other media platforms. How he's helping me with that, learning the audio side of you know being in church. You know, I mean, you know, Mike, you know, you know, being behind that soundboard. Regrettably, you know, you I know that. <laughs> Regrettably, you know, to turn I know faders. that. <laughs> he says, "I he's hands experience, hands experience." Yeah, EQing yeah, so, people, and then sometimes folks have mics EQ'd in the middle of songs and they want to switch mics with somebody else instead of just letting you adjust volume levels. Man, for me, like, you, I said, this, this is like what me and Chris's pet peeve is um, when we're at church. This is ours is, um, you could give someone instructions on how to turn on the mic, but they never like turn it on. So with our mics, it's, um, it's, it's a left and right switch. So if you turn it all the way to the left, that means it's off and the screen on the mic is dark. If you turn it all the way to the right, that means it's on and the light is green, like with numbers on it. 
So we could give this instruction to them. Once they get on that stage, they just start speaking. Mike, they don't they don't switch it. They just start speaking. So people in the sanctuary, they can hear them. But if you like online on Facebook, YouTube, they can't hear you, man. So me and Chris just like just dying laughing upstairs. So yeah, like learning small things like that in, in the media realm. Um, what else? And then after that, that's when God really started putting on my heart um, to become, well, to start or to develop a a drama, a performing arts ministry. Now, mind you, I've only been in one play. Like, no, I come from the movie background, so I know all about that. But to do something that I've only witnessed only once, I'm like, God, how you want me to start that? Um, but then God placed it on my heart, and then I just obeyed and followed and I brought the idea up to our pastor at the time. And then he says, like, Ronnie, you're, you're qualified to do that. So he says, I trust you with this. So for him to give me the green light with that, that's when I started becoming part of the performing arts ministry. So that's when doors started opening more, where um, where now I'm part of um, the young adult ministry. And as time is going by, like, I'm really fellowshipping and really like being close to people like i said guys i'm the shy most reserved person but like now it's now i'm really getting out of my shell and just being open and really just allowing god to do a great work with me um as i'm serving in his church hey man he being he being modest this dude was basically anti-social and it took someone like me to like force him to come out of his shell sometimes like when we would go out to let's say uh uh when we go out to like Marietta Billiards after work or days off or whatever, it you was just quiet around everybody and it'd be like I don't know, maybe it was overcompensating for it how loud I was, but eventually I got you to open up, even <laughs> if it took a couple drinks. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you know, that that liquid courage definitely did help. That liquid courage did help. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just like it's like I'm confident in my personality, but I think I don't I don't know because I'm trying to get into that mind frame like back then, like right now I can just do it, it's no problem. But back then, I don't know just shy, I guess. I don't know. I think maybe because like in when I was younger, like I was different and I got teased for being different, and so like I just you know stayed reserved. You know when you reserve, you know can't nobody say nothing about you. So I just. Say to my little show. But then it's like being around you, knowing your identity in Christ, knowing you're a masterpiece and being confident in on what you're good at and skilled at, that makes you want to walk around with boldness. And I'm like, hey, this is Rodney. So this no, this is what it is. And so yeah, and guys, it was a moment where I was definitely quiet, like a social butterfly. Even Mike when I visited in Atlanta the last time when um, for the 4th of July at um, Auntie Yo-Yo's house. I was kind of that social butterfly, as you would say. Bro, I was like, he, this man was attached to my hip. I was like, man, go out there and interact. These are people you've been no. talking to for years on the call on the uh, Bible study line. Go out there and talk to them, dog. You ain't got to be I'm attached shy. to me the whole time. <laughs> I'm inside cooking at this 4th of July party, and this man is inside just chilling sitting at the table and i'm like bro go outside and talk to somebody like in my defense it, it was hot too it was hot outside so i was inside drinking me a nice coca-cola it's the summertime. summertime we had we had tents 
but yeah so that's something i can say i've definitely um grown into identity um I'm trying to think yeah so i want to say okay like identity what else and i think that's where's where i'm at right now i'm just at the point where like now i'm just on fire for christ and i just want to like i, said, I just want to help people like i say like for me like i just want to help people discover purpose and identity the only way you can find that is within god because that's what happened with me like you got a person who who is um like i said who has anxiety you know who is who has i'm i'm supposed to be i'm past tense because you know jesus healed so like yeah you got a person um who was broken damaged had a had a drinking problem addicted to lust and you know jesus saw that and he flipped that all around the more i gave myself to him the more he could do with me and now i'm in a position where it's like now i want to help people do the same like i want to help and inspire and motivate the world whether it's whether through my films or through my plays or through music or through a podcast books whatever the holy spirit puts on my heart i'm going to do that with no hesitation because um I know that the journey I've been on that I've explained to y'all, it's, trust me, it has not been an easy journey. I probably didn't go in full detail about everything I've been through, but throughout this podcast, you know, some, some Easter eggs or, you know, some, some gems will be thrown in there. But like I said, like this whole podcast is going to be a testimony. It's going to help men grow. And I think that's the reason why I'm so big on this is like, like I was telling someone the other day is like, no one sat down and talked to us how to be not only a man but a godly man that's something that we don't have that tool or that platform to do now that me and michael came with this great idea i think it's gonna be dope and gonna be amazing like i want to help man flourish because it all starts with the man everything starts with the man of him leading and providing and protecting and leading his flock his family like whatever it is it starts with that and so if me and Mike could even help just one individual out there throughout this podcast, then our, our job is complete. All right. So, y'all, everybody learn, is learning who Rodney is. There's a couple things I even learned right now. I didn't know this story about uh, when he left with some because he know I think he didn't tell me because he know I would have laughed too. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> the other thing is I had no idea that you had Kojic Origins. Oh yeah, but sure. Sir, I ain't yeah, seen you it. shout ever. I have <laughs> never seen you shout or get into a real praise break. And now I want to see it. Man, cause uh okay. So I'll say this about me. I don't uh, okay, I'm gonna say I don't because you no know, Jesus can do anything. So I'm mostly I normally it you try to do it on the praise beat the, the beat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on now. Yeah, I know it's like I never attempted to shout, but it's like I'm I'm I'll say this about me. I normally int soak in everything. I'll say that I'm mostly soaking in everything. But if I listen like if it's music off a show, I remember this one time, oh my gosh. I remember my minister of music, he told me this story at work the other day. because oh, my supervisor, he's my old minister of music. So he talked about the time I called the Holy Spirit, and we were singing something. I forgot what it was, Mike. But 
I saw the expression on his face as he was directing us. You know, you know how the director is like when he's his face is in it, it's in it. Somehow his spirit got onto me, and then mind you, I had the mic in my hand too. That made it so worse. So you you know everybody. <laughs> Wait, so I so I just couldn't. I'm, t- I'm taking no more. So I was like, I was like, I was like, yes, yes. God is going to turn it around. This is new direction. Church of God in Christ. So we're definitely going to in a new direction. Come on, God, have your way, God, have your way, God, have your way, God. I'm literally running around the whole church acting a plum fool. Oh, so you was exhorting? What? Okay, I'm caught the Holy Spirit. Go ahead. Yeah. So that's what I can say. So like, it's if it's through. It mostly happens through music. But for sure, if that music takes over, the Holy Spirit come down, I won't hesitate. Like, for sure. So, you know, Mike, it might be one day you might got to peep that. You may peep that. Oh, you're going to, it's going to happen when you come down here to visit. Um, So, I'd like a couple things for you to elaborate on. So, there's a couple things you're necessarily saying here that, you know, just to touch on and everything. Um, uh-huh. Talk about, like, your struggles with acceptance. Like, as far as, like, accepting what has been spoken over you and accepting where God is trying to take you in the call of your life because it's a I know I I spoke about it with myself but it's a mm-hmm. different struggle with everybody and everybody doesn't necessarily automatically submit to it especially when they're seeing that they're being pulled to a higher level and that there's a higher there's a higher uh, uh, there's a higher demand on them to live pure and live holy let's see and you said with acceptance of um was called over me to be pure and holy well just in general acceptance with the calling acceptance of where god is taking you that the heights that he wants you to go um one thing i will say um i think the hardest thing for me is the direction how god wants me to go um I think, well, and this is for me speaking personally, like, I'm the type of person, like, if I see something, I want to do it my way, and I want to do it this way, A, B, C, and D, but then I had, I learned that the vision has to be purified by God, and that's something, even like now, I still struggle with that, but um, I realized that my character has to match the calling. Like that's something I deeply had to understand that I can't just go in there with the same attitude I did 10 years ago. Like I have to intentionally walk in a way that is different, walk in a way that complements the calling. And you know, sometimes that could be intimidating for sure, for sure. It could definitely be intimidating, but I had to realize the purpose behind it. Um, I had to realize that I'm, I'm chosen. And um, like all my life, and like I said, I don't want to say this as me being cocky or arrogant or fooling myself. But like I said before, at the age of three, I knew I was meant to do something great. I couldn't explain it, couldn't didn't know why. But, like, everything God has instilled in me makes sense. Like, I'll I'll say this. Like, there's no reason for me at the age of three to know how to 
um, how, to, how to put a VC, how to put a tape inside a VCR and can rewind it and play it all by myself. There's no reason how I can recite a full movie at the age of five. There's no reason for me knowing how to write, edit, perform without no formal training whatsoever. All of that is God made and cultivated by him. It's his gift um, within me. So for me, it's not really a surprise to know that God has chosen me, but it's still shocking when you see the evidence of the calling, when you see it inspires, when you see it motivates people, when you see it gives people hope. That's what makes it so great. I even had someone um, message me the other day. It, it was like one of my dad's friends. Like, like she came and talked and put me to the side. She says, like, Rodney, I just want to thank you for being you. Like, do you know how much you inspire me when you post your content or when you say something godly or something inspirational? She says, I intentionally go to your channel to look for that. So when you talk about the calling, the acceptance, it's scary because it's scary because it is a huge weight because of the significance it has. But also it's scary because it's not popular. You know, like Mike, when you think about this, like it's like career day um, in school. People say, oh, I wanna be a firefighter. Oh, hey, I wanna be a policeman. Hey, I wanna be a lawyer, I wanna be a doctor. Never once when you see somebody and say, oh, I wanna be a minister. In culture, that's not popular. So I'm literally doing something that the world doesn't deem as attractive or worthy of pursuit so that's honestly that's really the scary part for me or something i get wavy in a little bit okay but but when you realize like i said it's the significance you bring towards other people that that makes it worth it so now i'm glad you said the word attractive so speaking of attractive we're about to use this to go into the next question uh, give a brief discussion on just while you were in Cleveland afterwards, after the first relationship you had that went sour in Georgia. Talk about your struggles with women, particularly with needing attention, and when is it that you found out that what the issue was that you were you were seeking from them? Um. Well, okay, I know I'm so asking deep move, questions. No, 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 you, no. It's good. It's good because it's like the things you're saying. Like I actually know the deeper reason why, and it's like it's that's why it's it's great that you're asking these questions because like I say it's some other person out there who's dealing with that. But I realized the okay. Let me say what I did as I moved back to Cleveland. I'll be honest. Like it all goes back to that lust thing. Um, I was trying to fill a void. Um, I was trying to feel something. Um, so like I said, like I said I was having sex with women. I was being careless, being, um, like I said, drinking and like definitely doing things to cope. And, and for, for me, like, and I can honestly say like women are my, my weakness. Like I'll really say that I really love women and not from just, not from a womanizing standpoint, but it's like, I just love the feminine essence. Like, one of the most beautiful things that God created was a woman. Like, mm. for me, like, like women are definitely attractive. So it's like, it's definitely something I'm very conscious of. 
because I know me. I know I'm funny. I'm flirtatious. Man, man, to God, I'm definitely A, B, C, and D. But I noticed like I can't entertain that no more. So I realized when I moved back, I was really just shooting my shot at every person, not caring the consequence, not caring if they want to be with me, not caring if they don't want to be with me. Just like I said, that person was just there. And um, yeah, and I realized that at the end of the day, I'm just looking for love because I know that's what I want to return. Like I said, I'm seeing my mom and dad married still to this day, have six kids, um, all hey, by the same shout mom out. How many? Shout out. How many years married? Shout out to the Adamsons. Yeah, man. Shoot. They, they got married in 2005, either 2005, 2006, one of, the, one of, one of those. But also, like I said, Oh, so they were together for a long time then. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, yeah, they, yeah. So they got married right after we had Devaney. So that was like my, my, my third, um, th- that was the third child. But also, my parents known each other ever since they was in, like, middle school. Like, they've known each other since middle school and dated in high school. Like, so for, for me, like, I seen that that was my blueprint. That was like my foundation. I would love to have that high school sweet sweetheart and just get married, be successful and have kids. For me, I thought that was it. But you know, when you get into this world, you realize that people don't have the same thought process as you have. And for me, that was really messed up because like not many people have the same background that I have. And so when you come across people, particularly women, who don't have that same background as you, it can be different. Like it's, y'all don't mesh well, if that makes any sense. And so, and also me realizing this, going back to the family thing, like once again, I'm the oldest of six. So it's like, I didn't get that much attention as my um, brothers and sisters. Like I say, your parents can only focus on so many kids at a time. And this is something I realized, like sometimes I get a little it's like that abandonment thing. Like, hey, I'm I'm here, I'm here, but the attention you're giving to them, you're not giving to me. Like, even growing up, like I didn't get the best shoes or the best clothes and then everything because my parents were still trying to grow and cultivate and do what they had to do. But I'm seeing my brothers and sisters, and like I say, even seeing my my, my brother, like he he does sports. So I see all my sisters and my mom and dad buy him like the latest clothes and shoes and everything. And I low key felt jealous because they go to his games, cheer him on, and do A, B, and C, and D. But for me, I didn't feel like I got that same type of attention or that same type of um, love. Not saying they don't love me, but that's just how I felt. And right. for me that trickled down into just trying to find somebody who loves me, who wants to choose me, wants to be with with me. And so I think I realized that was one of the things why I feel like I wanted a relationship just because I want that person to really be in tune with, with me. Pay attention to me. Pay pay attention to me. And like I said, now, now that I'm older, um, part of that is there, but not fully. Like now it's more of a purpose type of um, orientation for when it comes to, to that. So yeah, going back to Cleveland, I was definitely, um, like I said, it's on the promiscuous, promiscuous side when it comes to women. 
Alright, so there's one other thing I'd like to ask you to elaborate on, Rodney. So, elaborate on your giftings, both like natural and spiritual that God has given you as they pertain to ministry, and mm -hmm. touch on how you learn to lead a ministry and like what you realized you had to do once, you know, your old reverend told you, hey, we're going to start up a drama department and you're going to mm -hmm. be the head of it. Um, okay, so let me, s I'm going to start with the natural first. So with the natural, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the, with the, with the artsy stuff first because that's the first thing I've noticed growing up. Being artsy, I always knew entertainment was a gift. Um, like the things I mentioned before about me being able to put the tapes inside of VCR, knowing how to press play, rewind, and forward all by myself without having no one to help me. It's um, about, like even, even to this day, like Mike, this is so funny. I remember, of course, you know the um, Titanic, right? Mm-hmm. So my mom always tell me the story. She says, like, Ronnie, you would give me the, the tape and say, I want to watch Jack and Rose. So um, me being able to act, to impersonate, being able to tell a story is something I didn't know why I knew how to do it, but I could do it. And that's really what... Um, a gift is it's like you being able to do well at something but not knowing how you could do it so definitely i knew on the creative side of like being an entertainer performer i knew that was um something i know i could do do for the rest of my life when it comes to the spiritual side um I i'm gonna start with the leadership part because at the young age i knew i was a leader but kind of didn't know it at the time until the Holy Spirit brought to my attention. Like when I was like younger, I'll say like, I'll say it's like third grade. I was always the one making the decisions and calling the shots to do certain things, whether we was in, in recess, I'll always be the leader in trying to do something. Um, and this is a, a good, I, that just dawned on me, you know, my last name is, is Adamson. So, you know, when you're doing like, like lines in school, they go by ABC. My last name is Adamson. So, I'm always the first in line, so um, being leadership in that, and also might just take a step further at, at main events when I was the team lead, one of the head trainers. Like I said, that was the first time I've noticed I had leadership ability. I'm not gonna say skills, but leadership abilities to where God has anointed me and favored me to be in these positions, not even though I didn't want to. Um, and I think as I'm growing in those um, skills, in the, in the giftings, because I know my spiritual gifts are leadership, empathy, and um, what, what was the third one? Um, shucky, shucky, ducky. Um, and I, I think it's serving. I think serving is my, my top three. And when... I started becoming in that real leadership and performing arts ministry. Don't get me wrong, it was it was fun but scary at the same time because I know I was want to make a difference when it comes to ministry. Um, you know, like the same way how Kirk Franklin 
kind of switched up gospel music. I kind of want to switch up ministry in that same way, in that same radical, unapologetic way. But the scary thing about leadership is like you got people who is looking at you and also mind you who's older than you you know <laughs> you're leading people who is like in their 50s and 60s got their own opinions and you know like you, you old enough to be my grandson so um definitely learning one thing i could say about leadership and i think even jesus um did this like i've learned that when you're a leader you're always going to be serving like you're always like for me the best story from jesus was when he's washing his disciples feet and as a leader people always think like they always calling the shots and you tell people what to do and you ain't got to do do nothing but no like jesus was at the low level washing his disciples feet and for me that was a big thing it's like as a leader i'm always going to be making sure I'm leading from a position from where I'm at the same level as you. I'm not going to let you think I'm higher than you. Like, that's never um, the way. So for me, like, leadership, I'm seeing it's always about being there for your flock. Um, it's it's something that is really something. And that I'm growing and learning, like, day, day by day with the leadership thing. And I've also learned to to read um one of my favorite pastors um he said leaders are readers and so i always um be up to code on my reading which um no i got leadership books for days like <laughs> um i got spiritual leadership i got leadership and loneliness and even mike I, I forgot to mention this like when i first became um the team lead at main event the first thing i got I don't know why I did this, but I did. I got a leadership book from like the Barnes and Noble that was down the street um, from main event. Oh, I miss that story. Um, I do too, man. Like, man, good times, good times. But yeah, like I just learned like as a leader, you like say, make sure you lead from, let your flock know that you're fighting the battle with them and that they're not there on their own. Um, I've learned to pray and I've learned to understand because, you know, sometimes you do, do got a few seeds in your <laughs> that you're leading that is a little um, stubborn. But, yeah, I've learned a lot through my giftings. All right. So specifically, because I'm trying to I'm trying to get to a point where we about something we talked about when you first got the ministry. Right. Mm -hmm. Talk um, about what you explain of what you when you realized that you were when you when you when when the reverend opened up that new ministry for you mm -hmm. and said Rodney I'm giving you the keys to this talk about what you realized as far as sacrificing like what you would have to do mm. in order to be able to build something from the ground up and to be able to be at the front leading it mm-hmm um yeah so and i'm glad you used that word because that wasn't in the back of my head um that word sacrifice even this, this past couple of weeks like that's been on my heart was sacrifice um because i'll be honest um okay so i'm gonna say this first before i go back to your question um for me 
I low-key wanted to give up my position in that leadership role because I'm not seeing no fruit being produced. Like, I really wanted to quit. Like, I was like, man, nobody's not showing up. Nobody's coming to rehearsals. The person who I put in for the leadership, well, for the, for the dance part of that, like, she's not doing her part. So I low-key just want to give up for real. But then I remember one of the scriptures in, in the Bible, um, no, Jesus was saying to give your bodies as a holy and living sacrifice. And for me, that shut my mouth up real quick, guys, because it's like, Number one, I'm not seeing no fruit being produced. I want to do what I want to do. It's like, I just want to stop. But then, like I say, give your life as a living sacrifice. And that key word is a living sacrifice. And so um, when Reverend Michael, when he gave me that leadership role, um, I didn't see much of the sacrifice part. I thought about more of the reward part about, you know, about the good things like, um, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to grow this ministry. We're going to have acting. We're going to have dancing. We're going to have, like, this big old film production for Christmas. But then I'm seeing the dirty work it takes to make that happen. You you know, like, you know, before a seed becomes a flower, it has to become in dirt. It has to get thrown on it before it can grow to something, something beautiful. So I think these past couple of years of me trying to grow has just been dirt being thrown. But, you know, we grow by endurance. So... Definitely in that leadership role, I'm learning um, the sacrifice it takes. Because um, like I said, I, my whole seven days of the week, you know, nobody, like I said, the best thing a person can do is just stay at home all day. You know, we work Monday through Friday. Weekends, we just want to chill. And, Mike, even you know this sometimes. Like, we're at church on Saturdays and Sundays. And so, like. Oh, I'm about you know, to like be I back said. there on Saturdays again as soon as this <laughs> job change happens. Yeah, so it's like. Um, me having to sacrifice to pretty much just to be there early in the morning, hook the speakers up, um, being able to be there for the flock to sh um, really show them that I am there. And then on Sunday, doing the media ministry, um, doing that, then say if we're performing for that day, I have to go upstairs from the media, from the media sound room to go downstairs to dance and get back up there again so really um even for like one of the biggest heartbreaks that i've seen as a leader was me trying to do a play for last year um i wrote this play called glory to your name like it was a full great production that i learned like there's going to be dancing there's going to be music great stories it's going to be a great um process like i even got flyers made um i was putting posts on it Instagram and real and TikToks and Facebook, um, doing for auditions, um, just for people to come through. And then that's when, um, during auditions, two people came to the auditions. Um, and the both of them were brother and sister. So, um, yeah, so they came and did the auditions. The person who I want to do the music for the, like, the music for the, play um he wasn't really on it for real so um that's when the two actors who i booked for the audition she was moving to the west side so she said she couldn't do the play no more <laughs> um what else um i'm doing rehearsals with our praise dance um leader nobody's really showing to rehearsals um i made the announcements on 
church Sunday, nobody spoke to me or texted me about wanting to do the play. Um, and me still having faith to know that this is going to work. But um, I'm calling up people to say, hey, you know, can you dance here? Hey, can you act in this? Can you do that? All of them are saying, oh, I'm, I'm busy. Oh, I'll be out of town. Or, hey, I don't got the time for it. And so for me, that was really like a depressing moment for because I envisioned something big to happen and it just didn't happen. And so nobody was really around. So I decided to just cut the whole play all together. Um, I think that was like one of the most heartbreaking parts doing that moment was um, the fact that I put time and energy into writing something, waking up at, at like two o'clock in the morning when the Holy Spirit um, put an idea or thought or a theme in my head. And I wrote that down and me finalizing printing the scripts and making the flyers and TikToks, I feel like all my time was, was wasted. But um, but like I said, that comes with the sacrifice of being a leader or starting something. Not saying that play can never happen again. No, for sure. It could definitely happen, but just not the time where I wanted it to happen. So like I said, as a leader, like I said, you're going to hit blows. You're going to get knocked down. But I had to learn like, God doesn't make mistakes, and he put me in this position for a reason, so I still have to keep going. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to get off your chest today, Rodney? <laughs> um, is it? Is it? Um, no, nah, I don't think so. I think I'm good. I think I've um, spilled the beans, let the cat out of the bag for a little bit. All right, well. We, uh, we'd like to thank everybody who tuned in to listen today. Remember, you can find us on all of the major DSPs. Like, comment, subscribe. Leave us a rating on iTunes. I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts. Everything's switching up. I'm old. Um, and we'd love, to, we'd love for you guys to join us again. And just want to, uh, you can find us also on goodness uh, you can definitely find us instagram? on facebook there we go yeah instagram all right TikTok. yeah and we'll be starting MySpace. we'll be getting a youtube channel up and running <laughs> eventually eventually mm-hmm. i can't like any promises on timelines i personally would rather it be after we're while we're in person but you know whatever whatever the Holy Spirit sends or whatever Rodney decides to do on that part because he's the media yeah, guy. Man. I'm just the giant singer. Um, <laughs> but at this time, you know, if anybody would like to know God and doesn't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we call it the ABCs of, of, uh, ABCs of salvation. Acceptance, believing, and confessing. So, you know, Lord... I'm sorry for living my life absent of you. I know that your son died on the Christ for my on the cross for my sins, and he shed his blood that I may be whole. I believe that Jesus Christ is my savior and I accept him into my heart right now. And it is really just that simple, guys. If you say that right there, you know, you are saved, you are delivered, you are blood washed and born again yes. believer. Mm-hmm. I urge you to get into a Bible-based, faith-based church. Spirit-led. Spirit-led. And get under some leaders that are like that and, and be able to, that will be able to nurture and help your growth. 
And until then, we would love to see you again next time. So if there's anything else, Rodney, would you like to pray us out? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace, your peace, and your patience as you bestowed upon us. Um, as we are doing this podcast, I'd like to pray for every man, every believer um, on this call right now, God, that we just pray that we are just grateful and thankful to serve you. Allow for any brother out there who is struggling with anything, with any addiction, any depressive thought, or anything that's weighing on his heart, God, right now. Allow for to give the strength, give them the endurance, give them the ability to cast his cares onto you. For God, there is nothing bigger than you. For I'm grateful that we are starting this podcast for we can grow, cultivate, and grow more kingdom men, more God men, more spirit-led men by your spirit where we exude nothing but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love, faithfulness, self-control, purity, and so many good things that you have done, Jesus. Allow for you to be the anchor in our lives. For I pray that you protect the hearts and minds of me and Michael as well. Allow for us to be good role models. We may not be perfect, but we are progressing, God. Allow for us to be open transparent and honest so that next brother who is listening to this podcast right now god allow for him to get healing allow for him to feel the things that we feel because god you are here with us for we feel your presence for you deserve all the honor and all the glory in jesus name we pray amen amen all right guys that's it we would love to see you again until next week yeah man be blessed